0: Resuming Nerd World Order Broadcast Dynaphones connected Initiating Broadcast Signal
1: in 5-4
2: Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, this is the Nerd World Order broadcast. I am the man that you call Dukes, and to my right, here comes the...
3: Booyah! What's up? with your boy, Joe. How's everybody doing today?
2: And to my other, other right, coming straight out of Krakoa, weighing in at 178 adamantium-filled pounds, Alfonso X-Man Flores.
1: Hey, bub, don't forget to eat your Wheaties.
2: And coming from the fifth dimension... Is that Mr. Mitzelflake? No, it's the Batmite. We have Devlin Batmite Talbert coming in as our Batman expert to discuss the Batman. Welcome to the Nerd World Order broadcast, Devlin.
0: Thank you. Longtime listener, first time caller. <laughs> nice, nice.
2: Thank you so much for coming on board today, Devlin, to the official broadcast of the Nerd World Order community. Let's start it off by finding out a little bit about
0: Devlin. Um,
2: What makes you a nerd, man? Uh,
0: You know what? I got to say that growing up, I've always been interested in anything that was science related, sci-fi, anything that was fantasy related. But what really kicked it off for me was hearing those iconic words, space, the final frontier. That really set it off. Uh, From then, it was just nonstop. I could not get enough of anything sci-fi. Awesome. Are
2: you watching Picard right now? I am
0: not, so uh, I didn't have a lot of the streaming access and didn't feel right pirating from Picard himself. Uh, I just got uh, Paramount Plus not too long ago, so I'm catching up with Discovery, and then I was gonna start Picard right after that.
2: Okay. Uh, Picard's probably a lot more digestible because they're only (laughs) on the second season right now, Uh, whereas Discovery, there's a lot of episodes and they go places sometimes good, sometimes you just got to trudge your way through it. So good luck on Discovery. I love Discovery. Shaniqua Martin-Green is an awesome actress, but it's kind of hard to sit through some of those seasons. Yeah, I'm on season two now. It's going pretty good. Okay. Okay. Have you reached the mirror universe yet?
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. With the Terrans. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes.
2: Very cool. Great. Very cool. Then you're in a great spot right now. So what's your number one fandom?
0: Uh, it's gotta be Batman. Um, you know, uh, I remember vividly growing up as a kid running home from school just so I could catch Batman, the animated series coming on, uh, on the WB. What was that? Channel five for, for my area. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just amazing to me. Uh, I had grown up watching some film noir with my with my grandma and watching like those kind of like mystery and detective stories, and to see something like that in comic book form on TV, yeah, it, it, it hooked me, hooked me right away.
2: What is it about Batman that really interests you?
0: Um, it's that he uses his mind just as much as he uses his gadgets and his and his muscles. Uh, to me, he was the thinking man's superhero more so than anybody else. I mean, Superman had he had Batman's intellect, could have been such a much better hero for the galaxy and the world. But instead, we get uh, a man who can't even really fight that well with the powers that he has. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, are you at least somewhat of a fan of Kal El, or you no? Know- No respect for Batman or Superman.
0: (laughs) I mean, you know, sometimes Batman's got to throw somebody in to do the dirty work. So, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. What's your favorite uh,
2: Batman story? Or Nightfall. Nightfall.
0: Absolutely Nightfall. Why is that? Uh, You know, I mean, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. But Nightfall for me was the moment where we see Batman reevaluate what he was and become a much better Batman it took him being broken down to become the better Batman that we know and love. Um, Something that I kind of like use in my daily life uh, uh, at work. It's like, you know, sometimes you just got to break something down to its raw components before you can build it up and make it much better than it was before.
2: Very cool, man. And that gave us the Azrael Batman, right? Yes, it did. What were your thoughts on, on him, the Azrael Batman?
0: You know, I kind of liked the, the mech look of Of Azrael. I thought that was pretty cool, but he was much more flawed than than Batman was. Um, the The look of it, though, was pretty awesome. <laughs> I yeah. love the the shiny metal everywhere, the yellow and the blue. I mean, we know Alf loves the yellow and the blue combination. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was I was a fan of that style. It looked great,
2: yeah. it was a really cool look, but it was just a very weird sort of Batman. It was like, they gave a guy who was in no way qualified to be Batman a Batman suit and yeah. just let him let him loose.
1: Yeah. What, was that was that Jean-Paul Valet? Yes, it was.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jean-Paul Valet, who was supposed to be just some kind of security guard with a flashlight, but turned out to be part of some secret society. Yeah. Jean-Paul yeah. Hmm.
2: Wonder how that happened. Yeah. So we went from Jean-Luc to <laughs> Jean-Paul. <laughs> Excellent X-Man. Good transition. Um, so let's get into this uh episode of the Nerd World Order broadcast. Did you guys do anything interesting this week? Nerdy. To me, <laughs> you know, I I went to the nerd swap meet known as Franken Sons, and yeah. there was a show that Joe told me not to watch. Guardians oh, yeah, of yeah. Justice.
3: Yeah, oh. I did try that. How how many episodes did you get in? I got to three and I couldn't do it. I got into every episode and finished it. Dang, yeah.
2: Here's the thing that Joe forgets about me and my movies. I am (laughs) critical about movies, right? I will tear apart a movie, but I will watch trash
1: and happily enjoy that. Here's the trash. I just found out that was what Adi Shakir. The how do you pronounce Mm -hmm. his last name? The one who did that that Punisher uh, Mm -hmm, one shot thing with yeah, not. No, but he also did, he did like a one shot thing with uh, the original guy, Thomas Jane, where he was walking to get a bottle of Jack Daniels and he was at a a laundromat. And he, it was like a short film on YouTube. It was, Mm -hmm. he's, he's really well known for all his short films on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's done a couple of them. I can't remember which ones, but the Punisher one was super cool.
3: Well, he kicked it off because, you know, like he, he, he called, um, he had Tom McFarlane's number. Oh. And so he had called him and said he could do a better Spawn, which if you watch the show on Netflix, I doubt it. (laughs) Because even though as bad as that Spawn was, I mean, he couldn't have done any better. But I guess he did that and he got known and that's how he started this YouTube thing.
1: Yeah.
2: I thought the movie or the show was okay. It was essentially a parody of the Justice League or all the DC tropes sort of thrown together. I took it for what it was. It was sort of an analysis of the United States culture veiled in a parody of D.C. But Trash. it was done very poorly.
3: Trash. Bro, <laughs> next time you watch a D.C. movie, why don't you have that same attitude?
1: <laughs> Shazam.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any other D.C. movie, he won't even give it that much love. That movie was straight garbage, bro.
2: I admit, sometimes I enjoy (laughs) a bad movie and this was a bad movie. So, Hey,
3: I agree. I'm going to check it out. Even DDP could, I was like, DDP's in it, but I, I couldn't do it.
2: Yeah. See, suddenly Alfonso's interested. DDP. (laughs) And did you notice Joe? Cause this happened in the first episode when diamond Dallas page was fighting, he used the diamond cutter on someone in the first. Yeah, fight I did. Season. I did
3: notice that that still wasn't I'm like, whatever dude. Then Alan tried to go, Hey, but there's an Asian Superman that they killed in the two first 30 seconds, bro. I told him that that's like brothers in horror movies, bro. Like, yeah. They're in it, but only for three seconds. <laughs> well, I
2: tried. He said, I'm Asian Superman. <laughs>
1: yeah, <he did. laughs> Just like Idris Elba. <laughs> Sorry, Joe was a badass though.
3: Yeah, when he yeah. said he was back, Superman, you can
1: believe it? You're like, well, oh yeah. And a quick side note for uh, about DDP. He was always one of my favorite wrestlers. Me and my buddy Tim, who listens to the podcast as well. Hi, Tim. Uh, one time I was at Comic Con, and and Tim didn't go that year. And I'm in line for DDP to buy his book. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to surprise Tim with one of his books. So I bought two, got both of them autographed. And I'm like, hey, DDP, would you mind giving my buddy a call? He's like, hell yeah, call him up. So we called him up. And he's like, Tim, this is (laughs) DDP. You can hear Tim like gushing on the other side. It was awesome.
2: That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, some wrestlers are pretty cool like that. Joe and I met a few wrestlers. And for the most part, they've been pretty cool. Yeah, that's remember awesome. when
3: he when he tried to sue the Rock, the Rockefeller? <laughs> oh yeah!
2: <laughs> Everyone, all four of us saw the movie that brought in two hundred and fifty million dollars worldwide this weekend. Uh, greedy Americans, we brought in half of that by ourselves—one hundred and twenty-eight point <laughs> five million dollars at the box mm-hmm. office. Let's get into this nerd world order. Spoiler alert. Now is the time to pause and come back later. It's a spoiler alert. Mm. This is a Nerd World Order spoiler discussion of the Batman. Overall, let's just get general (laughs) thoughts. Uh, Starting to my other other right, X-Men, general thoughts of the movie.
1: I got to tell you this. I went into this movie not wanting to like it, not wanting to watch it. I'm like... I started to see the reviews and people, you know, in their bright eyes. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll check it out. I mean, I'm just, I wasn't interested in Robert Patton's, you know what I mean? And I was blown away. I was blown away. I, I actually, he's probably one of my favorite Batmans now. One of them, one of them, but definitely not my favorite Bruce Wayne. I mean, the, the Justin Bieber's hair, you know, just, (laughs) but other than that, man, I, I enjoyed this movie. Um, How about you, Joe?
3: Um, I, I liked it a lot. I, I, the first 10 minutes, I looked at my son and said, hey, but this movie's going to be pretty good. I knew <laughs> I was going to love it when Alan said it was good but not great because he hates DC movies. <laughs> so I knew I was going to love it. Uh, I, I, Alan had told me like when he had seen it because he saw the first out of all of us. And he was—he couldn't describe whether or not this was the best Batman or Bruce Wayne. And until you watch the movie, like Alan said, you, he, he's trying to be both. Well, he'll, he ends up being both, but he's not, he's not Batman nor Bruce Wayne yet. And that's what I loved about it, because you really can't compare him to any other Batmans and or Robins because he's, it's at the beginning. Like, I want to say Batman Begins was year one as Batman, but he was already a badass as Batman and Bruce Wayne. So this one, he's year two and he's still messing up. You can't even land a perfect landing on a car and he's, <laughs> he's falling down just making simple mistakes of, you know, him walking in dude, when Batman knocks on the door and wants to walk into a club, like Batman really does that. <laughs> and the next time he goes back, he knocks on the door, they open a the door and all you see is a shadow. So I like the like certain things that they're addressing, how he's becoming more of a Batman. And by the end of the movie, he becomes more of Bruce Wayne and see the importance of both instead of one character.
0: Nah, for sure. Uh, And you know what? I'm not sure if any of you guys knew or had read it, but they had released a prequel novel uh, just a, a little while ago that really set up the tone for it and really shows that, you know, to Joe's point, yeah, absolutely. He's not even really sure that he wants to be Bruce at all. Uh, and and wants to wear that mask, he hasn't even really fully become Batman yet. I mean, looking in the movie, he hasn't even really accepted Alfred as his father Mm -hmm. figure until midway through the movie.
3: Right.
2: Such excellent points you guys bring up. This wasn't a movie that I was expecting so much complexity. This was, IMO, the most complex... Portrayal of Batman that we've ever seen. And the reason I say that is because as we're watching the movie, um, as the Batmite pointed out so eloquently, he's struggling with becoming the character that we all know and love, not just the the Batman, because he's got the suit and everything, but a lot of people say that Batman is the personality. And Bruce Wayne is the mask that he has to wear in public. And at this point, he's trying to develop that public persona, that public mask, as well as develop the Batman personality. And it just played out so well, because if you're noticing that nuance, you really get into the character as opposed to just going for Batman. In a lot Mm -hmm. of ways, Bruce Wayne... Was more interesting than Batman because you could see the two sort of competing as far as the the personalities that we know coming
0: into play. You could almost hear the internal monologue between his mm-hmm. two
1: personalities. Yeah. One thing about this movie, too, is um, a lot of movies like to try to take a risk, you know, to put something out there that's different than others. And the risk that this movie took. Was that it was a three hour movie with so much rain and so much water and everybody trying to hold it in and not go pee. <laughs> <sighs> but <laughs> I'll joke it aside. One of the things that, uh, that I felt about this movie, honestly, is this is the first time Gotham seemed bigger than the Batman, right? Usually Batman's got it all covered, he's got cover, but it's a huge city, right? This time he's like, I can't be everywhere at once. And, and, you know, you could see it and you could feel it. And, and, and it was kind of awesome to see him not be that back God that some of the comic books portray him mm-hmm. to be. Because he is just a man. You know, he's a man who could take Superman down if he needs to. But he is just a man, right? So uh, I appreciated that about this movie.
3: That's genius for Matt Reeves. Genius. The way he wrote it, you can't compare him to other Batmans. Like you try to Google the whether or not he is a better Batman than Bruce Wayne. No one's there's no discussions. Not even on TikTok, they don't have discussions of which Batman is better because you can't. It's just like, did you notice every time he was in the suit, just his eyes and his presence looking at people, you can see the pain in his eyes of vengeance. Robert just did a really—he did really well with the, the way his eyes was looking at this particular person he was fighting, and I don't think that's going to get talked that much. But just his presence of standing there, the slow walk, the sound of the boots on each of the few scenes where he was walking, and towards the end of the movie, he was more in the shadows and not so much in front. Like in the beginning of the fight scene, he was all in the front fighting him, right. where now he's more in the shadows trying to pick people apart. Interesting.
2: An excellent observation, Joe, because I hadn't really thought about it, but this is probably the first Batman that I didn't think of as a guy in a suit. I looked at this Batman as being the character or the person, not Bruce Wayne in a suit. Mm-hmm. The the presence he had is something I've never seen in a Batman before. And I'm talking Adam West, you mm-hmm. know, I, I'm talking the great Michael Keaton. He had presence as Batman that I've never seen before.
0: The only thing that I was missing from a first and second year Batman was those purple gloves though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm not sure if you guys picked up on it at all, but in the, in the opening sequences, just before he fought those uh, I'm, I'm guessing the uh, Joker squad was, you know, we started to see that Gotham was just starting to react to the Bat-Signal, but it hadn't really mm-hmm. yeah. gotten to that point yet. So I think, yep. you know, the reason why it felt like Gotham was bigger than Batman was because they hadn't developed that hope yet. Right. It was mm-hmm. only in the early stages of that hope.
1: You know, too, another thing I was thinking is, this is the first time you really saw the way, you know, the common crook was afraid of the shadows, you know. They, they had those scenes where they just stop and they look, and they're like, I ain't going that way.
3: I think yep. there was two
1: two different mm-hmm. characters where we saw that. And and that was awesome because that's the kind of fear that's why he wanted to be mm-hmm. the Batman and not just somebody fighting crime, right? He wanted to have that fear on his side. It's his biggest weapon.
3: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, anytime that signal was up, nobody knew where he was gonna be at at the time with that signal. And then not to mention, even those the Joker henchmen. You could tell he was brand new because he was just like they were like, well, let's just find him. He's probably nothing, anyways. And then they found yeah. out real quick, yo, this, <laughs> this is this dude's legit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want any part of that. And I love what they did with Gotham. It looked so much better. It was it was bigger. It wasn't just some little dark corner. You know what I mean? It just it just looked like Gotham was a big big city where. All the other movies, I felt like it was a small city, but this is like, it, it made it really seem to me like it was a big, big city and Batman can't cover everybody or save everybody, you know?
2: I agree. You know, one of the things that I look at when I look at movies and break them up into the four elements, I talk about the special effects. And one thing I didn't talk about in the review, but is really, really poignant is the effect that Bath- that, that Gotham had on the viewer because... Gothop enveloped you it enveloped the characters and it became a character within itself mm-hmm. you know like every time it started raining you just felt that dread and yeah. as you guys know i'm not a fan of dc movies mm-hmm. i feel like they're very lazy and one of the things that they do is they just make everything dark yeah in the place of actually having development this is a movie where the darkness was absolutely perfect and the city was absolutely perfect. It was its own character. You could just, you could take all the characters out and just have an hour of the city and you'd be blown away.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. They, they had such, they had so many little things too, like, like how pale Bruce was, you know, he's pale. He doesn't, he doesn't go out in the sun, you know, he, he, like even the bright lights affected him. He had to put on sunglasses. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they took a lot of time and a lot of effort with this. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, it was very well thought out. Very. Mm-hmm.
2: So, so speaking of well thought out, Batmite, you are our resident expert. This comic, I'm sorry, this comic book movie is based on the comic book or adapted from the Long Halloween.
0: Three different books uh, for this one, so. Educate me. So there's going to be Batman, The Long Halloween. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is going to be uh, Batman, Year One. Uh, And then there's gonna be Batman, um, Ego. So all, so this is, uh, Matt Reeves' official list is those three. But there's another one that kind of uh, uh, has a little bit of tie in, and that's gonna be uh, The War of Jokes and Riddles as well. There's mm-hmm. a couple of elements from that one. I mean, aside from the fact that we've got uh, Batman and Joker, or sorry, that uh, we've got Joker and Riddler, uh, we've got uh, a scene where they, you know, completely smash out mm-hmm. the, the water levees and, and you, you flood a little bit of, uh, of Gotham. So you have a couple of elements there. But yeah, Batman Year One, uh, there's some heavy tie-ins there with, you know, just the, the burgeoning of Batman. Um, and then with the long Halloween... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with uh, um, Carmine Falcone, that whole story there. Um, big tie ins, big tie ins.
2: Awesome. And you feel like they did a great job of tying all three of those or four, three and a half together? <laughs> uh,
0: more, so, more so than I thought. Um, you know, at, at first I was kind of blowing off uh, uh, Batman Ego. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll be honest, I, I finally read it uh, just uh, about a week ago. And having that conversation between Bat and Bruce, where they're deciding should they continue, and and having that confrontation between the two, oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. They did a great job of adapting these to a movie. In fact, for me, it was almost kind of like watching uh, Maltese Falcon, but with Batman.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting point, because some people are calling the Batman a classic, I I don't know if I'd go that far simply because it is a DC movie, but there was no lazy writing. (laughs) This is true.
1: So three and a half books to create no lazy writing, but (laughs) with our powers combined. (laughs) Hey, you know, there's one other thing that I was thinking about right now, too. You know how like Marvel just goes out and they have they have New York City, right? So D.C., they didn't, they didn't want it to really be based. They didn't want it to be, you know, the actual city. So they're like, they've got Metropolis, which is basically New York City. And they've always said that Gotham is basically Chicago. <laughs> and they have Chicago accents in this movie, all the cops, right? It was, it was really nice. Every single, every single officer from from, you know, the mayor all the way down, everybody is like, you know, <laughs> they'll they'd be talking about the bears, the bears and Mike Ditka, you know? <laughs> well, in Long Halloween,
0: they actually talk about that Carmine Falcone uh, is from Chicago. Like he was a crime lord in Chicago before he came to Gotham. So it's a good tie in there, too, for the accent. Really.
2: Mm. Well, that's awesome. I wasn't aware of that. That is really cool. Uh, let me throw a observation out about Mr. Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves is one of those names that I was familiar with. Like I love his movies, but I didn't realize that I loved his movies. And I think the thing that Matt Reeves has done really well, and I'll speak to the uh, planet of the apes movies, which until I did research, I didn't realize he had actually done is he takes something that has lost its flavor and has had many reboots and, and many unfortunate uh, incarnations and makes it something fresh. And I really applaud him for doing it with the Batman.
1: I did not know he did those movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he also did he also did Cloverfield as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, did. really? So he and JJ did Cloverfield. I mean, that was from the get-go. That I mean, that was a strong start for for a franchise. It kind of went a little haywire, but it was a strong start. <laughs>
1: Hey, you know, another thing that I just mentioned about, you know, the, the GCPD in Chicago made me think about the, you know, Gotham City Police Department. This is like one of the first times in the movies where he's actually working with the police department. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I, there's a lot of respect there because that's the way it is. You know, Batman and, and GCPD, even though like some of them may be like, oh, he's a vigilante, he shouldn't be here. They still, you know, you, you can see him looking around and whoever's taking the pictures is following around taking the pictures of everything he's looking at because they know he knows what's up.
3: But how dope was that jail or the jail scene when he's walking in there, all the cops are moving and, oh. and he's just in there. And yep. then the way he escaped, you could see, like, the cops really don't trust him. Yeah. <laughs> and that to your point, Alfie, that's probably why, like, they don't he doesn't go in there anymore.
1: Right. I think
3: Gordon telling him, you could have pulled your punch. it <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. oh that gauntlet man oh. hey
3: you know jeffrey writes the voice of the watcher on what if
1: yeah, yeah. he is i saw,
3: I saw that, that coming,
1: coming.
3: <laughs> yeah so
2: the thing about this movie that i think is different than i'll say the dceu so i'm going to compare this movie to the joker mm-hmm. um and also the suicide squad it's Joker, not the Joker. I was thinking the other day that if DC wants to make a good movie, they just put the no, in I front mean. of <laughs> <laughs> and it's good to go. But, but, but I think the thing that makes these movies uh, different or stand out from the DCEU proper is that it seems like Warner Brothers has allowed um, these creators, Matt Reeves, James Gunn, to have their own vision. And they're very hands-off. Uh, Do you think that after the success of these two movies, that the DCEU, when I say DCEU, I mean, like, let's say Flashpoint's up next. Do you think they're going to be more hands-off?
0: I think that
1: we're going to be hearing about some reshoots pretty soon. I'm thinking with Flashpoint, I think it's too late. You know, it's just going to be what it is. Does it come out, like, next week or something?
3: No, it doesn't. (laughs) It's not for a while. I want to say like at the end of the year, bro. Yeah, we got to. Yeah, they're going to do reshoots. (laughs) Just because, dude, this movie has made more money for Warner Brothers in the last five years. Nice. Let that sink in. Yeah, they're doing reshoots. And somehow, some way, they might either put him in there or do something else with it. Yeah. But I think because this movie is doing so well, that I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in it somehow, some way. I wouldn't be surprised.
2: You know, it was actually supposed to come out next week, but um, the Flash changed the timeline.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, I thought I was the only one who remembered that. It's that that darn (laughs) treadmill again. (laughs) (laughs) I got a Mobius chair, so I'm good.
2: (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about the characters. Uh, You know, let's start with Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. You know, we have Julie Newmar, uh, we have Eartha Kitt. Obviously, we have Michelle Pfeiffer. How do you feel like Zoe Kravitz stacks up to the previous Catwoman's women? Women?
1: Woman is... The... Woman. <laughs> woman.
2: I
0: think it's Catwoman. kind of an issue with uh, um, with Pattinson's Batman. I mean, this is just a, a proto-Catwoman, really. This isn't really the Catwoman that we know. Uh, but we have a bit more context to her than in previous Catwoman. You know, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, like, what did we have there? Like, she was just um, getting the the raw end of the deal at work, you know? Um, Eartha kits Kitts, we didn't really have much of a backstory there. Uh, Neumeier, same thing, didn't really have much of a backstory there. I think this is the first time we've had a good on-screen backstory for her.
1: Why are you guys leaving out Anne Hathaway? And Halle Berry. Oh yeah, and Halle Berry. Did Halle Berry
2: get attacked by radioactive cats? I never. <laughs> I didn't understand what happened in that movie.
3: Didn't Michelle Pfeiffer fall off like her building and then was just surrounded by
1: cats? And yeah, she landed, They, they, they and, licked like, her. Put, they licked her into power. Yeah, you know. <laughs> same thing. She got licked by radioactive cats. Yeah.
0: That's how it that works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, of course, we got the Catwoman on Gotham. Uh, what was her name? The little girl. She was pretty good. I, I, I really liked her. But I know it's not going to be a um, an agreeable thing, but
3: she was one of my favorite Catwomen.
1: I would agree. She did great.
3: Yeah. And she is foine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Joe always brings it down to the, the most important points in anything. Yeah. <laughs> She, uh, I'll say that I didn't care for her backstory because I felt like everyone doesn't need to have a complex backstory or it doesn't have to be played out right then. I didn't like her backstory. I felt like that's one of the reasons the movie was too long. It's like, oh, there's this backstory and here's this complexity. (laughs) But as a character, just, I liked her because it felt like, her goal was she was trying to help her friend and she wanted to get away from Gotham City or she wanted to improve herself in Gotham City. Um, very mysterious too. So I really liked her.
3: Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the long Halloween that that was a storyline. Her dad is John Totero. Falcone. I
1: Falcone. don't know that. Yeah. Carmine.
3: Well, and Meek. I don't know if they did it in the comics, but in the, no. the anime, the anime was like that. Right. She was okay the, like, in the anime. No, I yeah, so he comics. probably, no, there was no yeah. relationship. there. Yeah, he probably, well, the anime and comics, they always change stuff, but I'm pretty sure that's probably where Matt Reeves got that from because it was <laughs> like that in the anime. Okay,
2: <laughs> got it. That makes a lot of sense. And because I was. Yeah, I didn't think it made much sense for them to do that. But if they're mm-hmm. adapting it from the anime, then that does make sense. Yeah,
0: because in the in the comics, his daughter is uh, uh, what is it, Sophia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the Penguin? What
2: would you guys yeah. think of uh, Colin Farrell?
0: <laughs>
2: I, I mean, would. Say, he, uh, <laughs>
3: if you didn't uh, tell yeah. me it was him, I would have never known it. No. exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, in fact, I was I was telling Alf that like you know had. Had I not known ahead of time who he was playing, I would have spent the entire movie just trying to look at everybody trying to figure out who he was. It, yeah. His his whoever did the makeup is phenomenal, yeah. absolutely phenomenal.
3: If you would have told me that was Al Pacino, I would have believed you. Right? Yeah.
1: But why would they take a, an actor like Colin Farrell and hide him like that? You know, because any actor could have done that. Yeah, he he betrayed the part really well. But why hide them in so much? You know, it's just like, not even a not even a sense of you know, rec- you know, to recognizing them. It, it was an interesting choice. X, you just brought up an
2: excellent point. X with the excellence, all these actors got lost in their characters. Pattinson did it, becoming Bruce Wayne and Batman. Mm -hmm. Like I was saying earlier, he's the first Batman. That's just Batman. That's like, that's Mm -hmm. not a dude in a suit. That's Batman, right? (laughs) And Zoe Kravitz, because I I saw Zoe Kravitz in a movie last week uh, where she was basically getting chased by Siri and Alexa. Horrible movie. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) in this movie, she was Catwoman. Like, you felt Mm -hmm. that like like her sensuality but at the same time she was a protector but there was no one who got so involved and deep into their character. And that's what Matt Reeves was going for. Matt Reeves was Mm -hmm. going for, he wanted people to get so deeply involved into their character that you stop seeing Robert Pattinson, that you stop seeing Zoe Kravitz. Sorry, Joe, you didn't see Zoe Kravitz. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the thing because when he picked Robert Pattinson, all the haters were like, oh my mm-hmm. God, it's the guy from Twilight. Yeah. Twilight Sparkle Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but by the end of the movie, no one's saying that.
3: Mm-hmm. But here's the thing though, like that's all people remember him from, but he went to the indie circuit, So he made a bunch of independent movies. So if you're, if you watch any of his movies, and you can see he has the range to be a, an actor for like Batman. But people just remember from Twilight. And just like when, when the uh, Joker, remember they were like, oh, Brokeback Mountain, Brokeback Mountain. And then yeah. You yeah. look what happened. Joker was like really good. He yeah. did
0: But he had, to, he had to break down his career and rebuild it just like Batman Nightfall. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> then, and then for Zoe Kravitz, uh, you know, he's had practice as Catwoman. This is her second time being Catwoman. Educate well, us
2: once again, Batman, Batmite. That would be the Lego Batman movie.
0: Uh, uh, she was the of Catwoman in that.
2: I had no idea though, like none. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I wonder if there was any sort of, you know, she did that, and Matt Reeves was like, hmm, maybe. You know, and and she just pulled it off. You know, one thing that's interesting about Catwoman in general is like, you know, you have she is the one character that they don't tie down to, at least on the screen, to any sort of like physical. Like, sometimes she's black, sometimes she's white, sometimes she's blonde, other times she's brunette. That particular character, for whatever reason, when you go from Eartha Kitt, Julie Newmar, uh, then you go to Michelle Pfeiffer, Anne Hathaway, that character is so flexible as far as the core character. Because the most important thing about Catwoman is that sensuality and how she interacts with Batman.
3: Yeah.
0: And physically flexible, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be flexible.
3: But they have good chemistry, even, like, yeah, when they're on the red carpet. I don't know if you saw that photo oh, with yeah. the outfits that they were wearing was a tribute to, like, the old um, comic, like, Bruce Wayne and the Catwoman was dressed up as nice. Batman.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it looked like it was just Bruce and Selena out on a date. Yeah. One one thing that I think this movie realized, uh, you know, the formula for a good Batman movie is Batman is the character, Bruce Wayne is the alter ego,
0: and that the Corey story needs to be there before you even think about having right Batman, right, uh, right character. So that was really cool.
3: And then focusing in on detective work, right? Yeah. What I loved about it and Alan was like, man, he couldn't solve the last one, but when we were talking like. That's what's dope about it. He couldn't. This is year two Batman. He's not going to come out swinging, hitting home runs and grand slams. He's not going to do that yet, but he's he has the potential to be there and do it. Of and all the
0: skills that he's learned, he hasn't learned how to lay carpet yet. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, it, it, was,
3: it was it was just dope. You know, like for him, to he's learning that he has to be a great detective. Not only just be a, someone that can kick ass, he has to be a good detective. And I like that if the movie would have changed the way look at this because he didn't solve that last riddle and everybody died and there was floods everywhere he doesn't he doesn't digress from being the vengeance character and he doesn't grow into someone going hey I need to be Bruce Wayne I need to be there to do be there for the people just as much I need to be there for at night I need to do something in the daytime and it, and that's all because he couldn't solve that you know that solve that riddle if he solves that riddle he doesn't digress from being vengeance and he stays where he's at and there's no development for him to be better because he realized he has to be both, not just one.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. that was the most difficult part for me as far as liking this movie because it didn't get uh, four nerd flags. It only got two because of that horrible after credits. Um, it went in with three, but then the after credits brought it down to two. Um, but I couldn't decide if it was really bad, lazy writing. Let me explain why that might or if it was an intentional that Batman didn't figure out like anything himself. The only way that the movie progressed was someone coming on and doing like this uh, expository speech explaining like, Oh, well um, I was going to do this, but because you did this, I did this. Or there's this, Oh, she called me as she was getting murdered. Yeah. Cause who does that? Right? Like, Hey, I know you're going to murder somebody, but, uh, let me give you one last phone call. My thing was the only way that the movie progressed was not through Batman figuring anything out. This dude told solved two riddles. That was it.
3: Mm-hmm. Two
2: riddles. Even, <laughs> even, even penguin had to give him hints, right? He had a phone in a clue from penguin, but I couldn't decide if the exposition was just like, Hey, he's just getting lucky. And this is the way it's intentionally written. Or if it was just bad writing because he was such a bad detective, there was no other way to move the movie along except for like at the end of the movie or near the end when, when Riddler's like, you never figured it out. I thought you would, I guess mm-hmm. you're a crappy detective.
0: And, and there, then go ahead. There's the tie in for long Halloween because in long Halloween, you have mm-hmm. this entire thing. If you're going back and forth, the calendar, mm-hmm. you can't figure yeah. out what holiday is yeah. and then when it's all over. Then he still is like, and you still didn't figure out that there were two holidays.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, absolutely, it, it it fits in perfectly with that yeah. storyline. But you're seeing, remember, year two Batman. Yep, exactly. He's, he's still figuring out. He he didn't just become the world's greatest detective.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, get
0: there. And then every single you know uh, old you know five cent uh, mystery novel that that came up there, every one of those series. They don't start off as the world's great detective. They have a series of failures, the hard lessons, mm-hmm. the hard lesson.
2: You make an excellent point. I just don't feel like the movie could have progressed or moved forward without people stepping in yeah. and, and moving it forward
3: on behalf of Batman. That's that's the uh, that's the enemy of long Halloween, bro. <laughs> there's two movies. That's exactly what you're saying you don't like, and that's exactly that. And I think they said that Cal- Calendar Man was supposed to be in this one, but it, it's a deleted scene. And there's another deleted scene of the Joker. He was supposed to go in there and talk to him as well. Yeah, which yeah. It's supposed to kind of be which, like Calendar Man yeah. back and forth of getting yeah from Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking
2: of possibly one of the greatest villains that I've seen in a
0: DC comic book movie, what do you guys think of Riddler? He was <laughs> believable, and that's kind of what made it super creepy. Was it was kind of like a believable thing, like uh, just yeah. seeing someone create like a uh, Gotham's version of Twitch and going online mm-hmm. and, and collecting some followers to do like a, a mass shooting event. It yeah. was in this in these times that we've lived. I mean, it was believable, and that made it extra creepy for me.
1: The only thing I can think of is uh, what, Pulp Fiction with, uh, bring in the gimp! Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that too.
1: It was totally
2: believable, and that's mm-hmm. to your point, Batmite. Um, that was the thing that really enthralled me about this character because, to me, he was very reminiscent of the Zodiac Killer with yeah. the cipherers and mm-hmm. you know the, the mask that he was wearing and the symbol, everything like that. But then at the end of the movie, Um, he be he creates his own sort of Columbine army yeah Uh, so looking at different real life scenarios this movie took on an element like at the end an element of like eh, it might be a comic book but this guy's not too far away from some of the creepers walking around Mm -hmm. on the street right now (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah
1: so yeah I he blew me away It was very close to a horror movie or like a Saw movie, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, one of the it just it 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 was it was scary how much that could happen. You know, something Mm -hmm. like that.
3: Um, Yeah, He reminded me of Thanos. Let me explain. You know, Thanos was the snap. And then you start to think like, man, was he wrong (laughs) or was he right? And if you look at the Riddler and the people that he was killing, you're like, man, he's is he wrong or is he right? You know, you start to question like, well, maybe he is doing the right thing, even though he shouldn't be killing anybody. But you know, like he was like chasing down the dirty money, yeah. And it goes then Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne didn't want to do anything about it, and they were using the money that his dad helped, you know, create, and they were using that money to disrupt Gotham.
1: That's that's the only thing that, you know, whether you know he's right or wrong what you know how right he was bruce wayne was an innocent and that made him evil you know what i mean like the dirty cops the dirty you know mayor the dirty da makes sense you know what i mean that's mm-hmm. that's vengeance but bruce wayne he was an innocent like he didn't know he was a bad man of course but he was an innocent it's like why yeah sins of the father but still i mean you that was the one thing that just made him crazy
3: mm-hmm.
0: But they didn't actually uh, uh, so Edward didn't think of him as just an innocent. in In the book, they go over a little bit about how uh, Edward was actually in Wayne Manor as an orphan because they converted Wayne Manor into mm-hmm. an orphan. And he remembered like during like the opening ceremony, he was part of one of the choir boys that was singing and was staring at Bruce mm-hmm. and just seeing you know this overprivileged kid having yeah. the world while he's in his former house mm-hmm. without a family. Yep. And so he's despised Bruce mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Absolutely, he did not see Bruce mm-hmm. as the victim, which is why he went after him mm-hmm. later on. Yeah
1: but, yeah, but Bruce wasn't evil, and he wasn't, he wasn't taking bribes. Bruce was, he was a kid, you know? He was, he was innocent, you know? And no matter how much he justifies it, that, that's where that makes the Riddler
3: evil. Because <laughs> was, he though? It was, Zane. <laughs> was he though? Well, if you look like the Riddler from his eyes, both of them are orphans, but one is privileged and one is not. Yeah, and he looked yeah. at Bruce Wayne as his dad promised that he was going to use this, what one thing was one million dollars to help refurbish the orphans and stuff. And yet, when Bruce got older, he didn't hold up to that deal. Mm-hmm. And so, he's probably thinking, like. You're you're Bruce Wayne. You should do you should do what your father did, and you didn't. So therefore, you didn't you you condone what he did, and you didn't help. You know, you didn't fail, fix it or pick up from where your your father left off. right And I think that's where he was really pissed off at. Did any of you guys notice uh, the hush?
0: Oh yeah, I was just gonna say like, and then we yeah. see that that video where like he played the video of the sins of the father. You said hush, just right across his father's yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah, so that's and then cool. the the name of the reporter that was killed. You remember the name of the reporter? Yeah,
2: Elliot. <laughs> I feel like to Alfonso's point, the Riddler was crazy because he developed a reason to pay Bruce Wayne. You mm-hmm. know, I, I feel like if we were kids and our dad said, like, I'ma build a fence, <laughs> you know. And my dad didn't finish building the fence. You know what's not getting finished? That fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and I feel like Bruce Wayne was kind of the same way. You know, he, yeah. he went through a lot of traumas. And so just because his dad had intentions, you know, he's this depressed mm-hmm. kid. He's not going to follow through. And so I feel like that made the Riddler crazy. Mm-hmm. But on the other point, the Riddler, though his methods were insane, Ultimately, he did help to open Gotham's eyes, and perhaps Mm -hmm. this was the only way that it could have happened. Mm -hmm. So, you know, was he right? Yeah,
1: (laughs) but he was crazy, too.
3: Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But I bet you Bruce Wayne makes that fence now after the aftermath.
1: (laughs) And he's taking out the trash, and he's washing the Mm -hmm.
3: car. (laughs) Yep. Well, I'm sure Batman knows more in detail about this, but wasn't there like between Batman, there was also like a um, uh, an arc of Riddler and Joker fighting for control of Gotham?
0: Yeah, that was uh, the War of Jokes and Laughs. Yeah. yeah,
3: you think, what if they did that in the second movie? How would you feel about that?
0: Uh, so I'm kind of on the fence. So I liked that storyline, especially because we got to see Kite Man, of all people. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, you know, uh, Robert Pattinson touched on something that we haven't really seen, and I would love to see on screen in a live action film, film was The Court of Owls. So yeah, that would be nice. I mentioned that, like, that would be cool. But since we have Joker coming, I don't think a Court of Owls is going to be next on the books at all.
2: Is Joker confirmed? I heard that uh, Matt Reeves mentioned he just put it in there as, like, uh, not really an Easter egg, but just something to have but that didn't mean that he was going to move in the direction of the Joker.
0: Uh, no, they haven't uh, said it is uh, confirmed. No.
2: I think Court of Owls makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that I like about the Court of Owls, and I'll admit readily that my re- what I remember about Court of Owls you know, is very limited, is the Court of Owls were always there. And that kind of plays back to what the riddler was saying which is like this has been going on for a long time you guys are just figuring it out and i think it would be really cool to say like hey you guys thought that this was the actual cover-up this was going on but Mm -hmm. you know what all this stuff has been happening for years and they go way
1: back to court of owls Mm
3: -hmm. that would fit
1: so well it would it really would would. and then we would have zombies that might (laughs) can you
2: Can you educate the NWO on the Court of Owls? Make it
0: under an hour. All right. So <laughs> under an hour. Man, okay. uh, So, going back to the early, early, early years of Gotham, you have a few core families that uh, created. And as Gotham becomes the, the township that it is today, you still have those core families are creating them. And, what they've done is they've instilled fear in Gotham itself with this rhyme about the court of owls that like you shouldn't even mention their name because then they're going to come after you. But um, anybody that was on their hit list that didn't conform to what they wanted to do, they would send this zombie fighter in this owl getup to go kill them. And I say a zombie because they really were, they were like near death in suspension and then brought back to life with this secret formula um but yeah they were uh, you know superhuman strength uh and just told hey go say this special phrase of this person and go kill them and then it just brought everybody else in line and then for the batman side of it um he didn't believe that it even existed because that would have been the whole reason for thomas and martha to actually be dead and it turns out that yeah court of owls definitely had a hand in it and that the one that they sent after him either is or thinks he is Bruce's brother.
1: That is so awesome. Yeah, very cool storyline.
0: Very cool storyline.
1: Hey, I don't know if it's on the docket, but I do want to talk about the Batmobile, if you guys are down with that. I am down to talk about the Batmobile. (laughs) Okay, so my feeling on it originally is it's, it's it's a car. You know, it's a basic car. Mm-hmm. Whoopee! You know, I was, but then when it's completely dark and the lights come on and you hear that rumble roar of the engine, that American muscle, just, oh man, that was sweet. Mm-hmm. That was super sweet, man. It, it got, I got goosebumps. It got me revved up. It like, it was a, a slow part of the movie that just kicked up and it was like, oh, let's get him. So uh, <laughs> what do you gentlemen think? I watched this movie in 4D.
2: Okay. Which means the seats move when it was raining in Gotham, it was raining on me. There is 4d <laughs> experience is freaking amazing. So imagine you're sitting in the movie theater and the Batmobile comes on the screen and he revs the engine and your seat starts shaking oh. you're in the freaking Batmobile. The chase scene is worth the price of 4d. Mm-hmm. The yes. Batmobile is like, dude, I immediately ran out and bought myself a Batman or a Batmobile action action figure, a Hot Wheels. I was like, oh, my God, I want this car now because <laughs> you guys know how I drive. Yeah. Well, Joe does. Joe frequently mm-hmm. complains about my driving. Yeah. Yes. Batmobile was so awesome because it was just a regular car, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. like Michael Keaton's or it wasn't like the Tumbler. It was just like this just badass car. Had, maybe he had a little Kevlar on it so it could – just happened to find a ramp duke's a hazard style <laughs> on a road then bat boys
1: it again <laughs> <laughs> i, I joke, did yeah i did yell out yeah When that happened <laughs> but
2: still <laughs> batmobile man that that is the character right there i love the batmobile so much uh
0: so it, again like the 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 books like set a lot of the scene in the book part of the book was just about him Building it and going mm. on street racing, and it felt believable that this was something that you know a single guy had maybe built in a mm. garage over some uh, some years, same with his his suit, like his suit looked like he had built it, and his batmobile looked like he had built it. Mm. It was just a believable thing
3: yeah, it looks like his it it, it's not finished that's what I yeah. liked about it. It just looked uh, like it was still uh, raw. Uh, the inside didn't have, like, its computers, like, how it normally would have it. He right. doesn't have as many gadgets. You know, what I mean? You know, he wasn't using as much gadgets in this one. Even his Batcave did not look like a Batcave yet. I mean, this dude is, like, on the floor drawing diagrams of everything where if his Batcave was where it should be, he'd be doing it all on his computer screen. <laughs> and so I yeah. thought that was pretty cool, too. Like, yeah. everything is just you, – you're, you're – you're becoming Batman with him. And like there was times where I forget I was watching a Batman movie. Excellent point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, there was one, there was one part of me thinking, man, is this the first Batmobile that's street legal? And then Devlin <laughs> was telling me about how the, he was building it for street racing. So I was like, oh, maybe not. Yeah, not quite. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah the Bat Cave looked a lot more like a man cave.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and it, it was yeah. cool. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. I it was weird because I was talking to Joe about it and I was like. When I was watching it, my brain thought there's something wrong with that cave. but yeah. I just glossed over it. And then I was talking to Joe later. Joe was like, "Dude, the Batcave wasn't even finished. It wasn't even started."
0: Alfred felt like the first time that he had actually done, you know, tours of service yeah. because every time we've seen Alfred, he's been like frail, mm-hmm. with the exception of uh, uh, the Batfleck uh, versions. Yeah, but this was this was the first time where it's like, "Oh yeah, that that looks like former SAS." Absolutely.
3: Right, he doesn't look like someone bringing your tea, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he
1: looked—he looked like he was over there selling some vibranium.
2: <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question because this was lazy writing on my part, but that might—I'm sure—you'll explain it away, and Joe will co-sign on it. Um, okay, <laughs> Alfred's supposed to be this SAS guy. He's supposed—he's figuring out codes, right? He's deciphering stuff, yet. He opens up a letter, and he's like, hmm, I think I've seen this handwriting before. Let me open it up some more. Hmm. This letter says, to the Batman, I think I'll boom. (laughs) Did he intentionally do that because he tried to protect Bruce Wayne? Or was he just dumb?
0: No, no, no. So he's the guy that does like the prep work for Batman. So of course he's going to open it up. And then the only reason we know that he's got those kind of skills is He's still alive. Yeah, it, that there was an explosive. Yeah. and what to do? He survived. Had it been any other running your mill bullet? Help! If Dory had been the one that had opened it up, she had been blown to pieces. Mm-hmm. Who's Dory? Yeah, who is Dory? Where does she come?
2: <laughs> you guys forgot about Dory because Dory has a very short memory. <laughs> we were we over
1: here finding Dory. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so so that's your explanation. He knew yeah. exactly how to take that explosion. Course. He took it like well, a that,
3: man. he's gonna. Um, of course, I mean, you have to remember Alfred sees him as his son, so he's gonna open it up first to try to protect his son.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: bro, you would do the same thing for Bean. <laughs> I buy it. You'd be like, hmm. Um, let me see what this is. I gotta protect Bean. <laughs> don't front. You would do it.
2: No, I'd be like, what this kid get in the mail now? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: okay, gentlemen, um, I'm completely unconvinced by that. And Joe, <laughs> great trying to put the emotional, the emotional hit on me, but it didn't work. I don't buy it. Okay, gentlemen, uh, before we go, I just cannot tell you how freaking impressed I am by Devlin the Batmite. Uh, man. Yeah, yeah. Dude, your your understanding and knowledge of Batman is just freaking amazing. You truly understand the character and you know all the stories and you really are an expert man. You're a fan. You're awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for yeah. having. Me. Uh Batmite, what are your overall thoughts or final thoughts on the Batman?
0: Uh, you know what's up? So I, I posted up my my review on NWO, and and I stand by it. To me, this was the best Batman movie I have seen, and I do not think that we've seen something that came before that truly felt like the world's greatest detective was getting his start, and that it was given the 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 real bravado that we needed. Like this was a movie that we deserved years ago when. We were competing against, uh, you know, uh, seeing Snyder's Justice League and seeing, uh, you know, the Batman v Superman and seeing those. Like we needed that instead of, we needed this instead of that. Uh, To me, the best.
2: Ladies, gentlemen, and knights, if you enjoyed the podcast today, please share it with some of your friends. Also, I guess it's really important on iTunes that you, uh, yeah, give us a few stars. And you leave us a review. So if you could do both, we would very much appreciate it. So until next time, ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, I am NWO.
1: We are NWO.
2: Nerd
3: Redefined. Booyah!